It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. second episode of the voice of our children you're back with john again and that was another one of my heroes in this whole thing that was uh, dr tony evans he's in my opinion the greatest pastor that ever lived he uh pretty much walked me through the what i had to do to find divine intervention in this whole situation because uh, that one day came where where I realized I was never going to see my kids again. I had no lawyer. I had nobody. I couldn't uh, afford a lawyer. And I had the whole court system against me. I had the government against me. It was only me. And that's the day that I realized I had to do something. And... Um, well, that's when I turned to God because um, um, God allows you to go through these trials and these storms because, uh, well, they make you realize that you need him. When there's nowhere else to turn, that only leaves one place to turn, at least in my situation. And I had to put my faith in that. And it worked. 
I would listen to Dr. Evan's sermons and I would finish one and then um, another one would come up and I'd say, wow, the title of that sounds a lot like what I'm going through right now. Maybe I'll give it a listen. And I would listen to it and it would be the, um, it would tell me what I had to do next. Um, it's not hard. I mean, it just, you got to have faith and you got to want it bad enough. I mean, there's people out there that I've been hearing that they'll do anything for their kids and they'll do anything to get their kids back. But when it comes to putting your faith in God, it's like they won't do it. And that bothers me. It really does. Um, I, uh, like I mentioned on the show last night, the first show, that but there were many miracles in my life um, in this situation with this court case that, that happened. That There's only one way I can explain it. And the biggest one... <coughs> is the one with our daughter, our newborn baby, that on August 3rd of last year, they let us know that they're going to take that baby. And there was nothing that we could do about it. And uh, and that's when some more of the praying started. And uh, uh, one night I was uh, leaving for work, I had to drive about an hour, 15 minutes to get to work. And I was driving, I was about 40, 40 45 minutes um, out of town on my way to work. I was doing so many miles an hour down the highway. And after everything uh, my children went through, especially my daughter uh, with her brain hemorrhage and her brain surgery, and just everything that that child went through, uh, we were going to let her name the baby. And the first name she picked was Annabelle. And we were fine with that. And then she wanted Elsa from the Frozen movies. And we were like, yeah, whatever you want, you know, that's fine with us. You earned it. Well, anyway, I was driving to work one day and I got this this overwhelming, like it wasn't a voice, it was uh, like an idea, like a thought, uh, but it really grabbed my attention, it like hit me upside the head, and it said, you uh, must name your daughter Heavenly Grace, because uh, they can never uh, remove that from your home, or from your life, and um, that made me really emotional, um, emotional enough where I had to pull over to the side of the road. I mean, I was crying. I was crying like a baby. I mean, it just hit me like that. And as soon as I could talk and like, um, I could see again, I grabbed my phone and I called my wife and I told my wife what just happened. And I said, we have to change the uh, baby's name. Uh, we have to name the baby Heavenly Grace. And like, she loved the name. Um, and that was on August 31st of last year, and the baby was due to come uh, by C-section on uh, September 17th. So we had to, like what we did is we, like we agreed on the name Heavenly Grace, and we named her um, uh, Heavenly Grace, L-E-I-G-H. And, uh, 
um, we were sitting in the uh, hospital uh, the day that she was born, just wondering if the um, nurse was going to come in or uh, the CPS caseworker or something was going to come in, and nobody came in. And on the third day, uh, when we were supposed to leave the hospital, it's like we asked the doctor, because the doctor knew about the other kids. I mean, it was no secret. And... Uh, like she said that she hasn't heard anything from CPS. I mean, as, as far as she was concerned, we were going home. And we got home, and everything was good. And about um, a couple of weeks passed, and we had to go to court again. And we're sitting in the courtroom, and we didn't have a babysitter. Uh, regardless of what CPS or anybody else wants to think, we don't just leave our kids with anybody. That's why we didn't have daycare, we didn't have babysitters, nothing. Because we can't trust anybody with our children. And, uh, like, so we're sitting in the courtroom, and, uh, uh, uh the hearing was going on. It was, um, uh, just a hearing to go over the case plan to see what's going on, if everything was good. And the judge looked over at my wife. And he looked over at the county attorney and he said, Counselor, uh, uh, um, he said, I see her over there, uh, meaning my wife, with a newborn baby in her arms. And he looked at the county attorney and he said, um, so what you're trying to tell me is that the house, uh, um, the home is safe enough for the newborn baby, uh, but not the older children. And the county attorney just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know, Your Honor. And then he looked at her again, and he goes, well, that's quite the paradox, wouldn't you say? And they just shrugged his shoulders again, and they said, I don't know. Like, well, after the court hearing, they made another uh, uh, hearing for uh, February 3rd or 2nd or something like that, whatever it was. But they continued it for a week anyway. So anyway, they... Uh, uh, two weeks later, after that court hearing, we had a knock on our door, and I opened it up, and it was our caseworker, our CPS caseworker, and she comes in, and she said, um, there was a report filed, uh, through the, uh, uh, the hotline for, uh, abuse and neglect, and uh, we have an investigation that we have to do. It was only her. And she came in, and I said, what's this about? Uh, like, what did they report this time? And I knew who <laughs> I knew who reported it just as soon as she told me what was going on. She said uh, she couldn't say who it was, but it was either uh, my daughter's kindergarten class or the daycare but it's out in a uh, little town that the foster family lived in, and the foster mom was connected to both of these places. And uh, they said that my daughter drew a picture um, in one of the classes. Um, there's a monster uh, with a knife hanging over, or like leaning over a newborn baby. And uh, when they asked her who the monster was, she said it was her dad. She said it was me. Now, anyone that knows my daughter and knows our relationship 
Like they would, we would laugh at that immediately, immediately. And so, uh, well, I asked her, like, because I was uh, representing myself in this case, pro se. I said, uh, like, where's the pictures that she drew? I said, I want to see them. And then she looked at me and she said, uh, well, they got rid of the pictures. They don't have them anymore. And I said, what are you doing in my house then? There's no reason to be here without evidence. I said, this is a, uh, uh, this is an illegal investigation and like, you can't be doing this. And she said, well, um, uh, the report was made through the hotline and uh, we're supposed to investigate it. I have to. And then she asked us to hand her over the baby and like we did, we had nothing to worry about. And like she looked at the baby's head and the baby's head was perfectly round. She said it was, it was fine. And the baby was a uh, healthy weight. And uh, the temperature in the house was like very comfortable for the winter months coming ahead. And um, uh, everything was good. And like, like she looked at me and she said, uh, uh, when she writes her report, like she's gonna uh, write in the report that, um, but everything was good. There were no health issues and the house was clean. And like everything I just told you before. And like she said that uh, uh, the allegations were unfounded. And that's what she's putting in her report. And I asked her for an immediate copy of that, like when she wrote it up. And like she agreed. And within, uh, I don't know, four days, I had that that report in my email that uh, uh, the home is safe and the baby's safe. And that was kind of the nail in the coffin like, for them bringing the kids home. Like, because how can they like say um, in court but the house is safe for the newborn baby uh, um, but not the older children and that goes back to what that thought or that loud like idea that I had in my head but like told me that uh, uh but they can never remove uh, heavenly grace from your home or your life. And that's exactly what happened. It's like I never would have been able to figure that out on my own. I never, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that led up to that. Uh, like the night I got off of work after that happened, I was driving home. I even left early from work about four o'clock in the morning because I had a visit at nine o'clock in the morning and I had to drive an hour and 15 minutes to get home and shower. And I was hoping to get a bit of a nap before uh, my visit because I had to drive another hour and 15 minutes for my visit. And on the way home, it was about 4.15, I was driving down the highway around the same place uh, like where I received that message and there was a vehicle in the medium in the middle of the highway and there was a girl walking around her car 
Um, and it was pitch black outside, and I could like see that the fender was ripped off of her car, the front uh, passenger fender. And I pulled over on the side of the road, and I yelled out. I asked her if she was okay, if anyone was on the way. And I, um, uh, her answer was, I'll like, be all right if uh, you're able to uh, put a new tire on my car. Like, so I parked and I walked into the median of the highway and it was uh, raining that day and it was hard to get the car up like off the ground in the mud in the grass in the middle of the highway and like pull the tire off and get the new one on <clears throat> so it took a while to do that and I eventually got it and then her friend showed up and this girl uh, that I helped like she was highly intoxicated she shouldn't even have been driving and that's how this um, accident happened she drove off the road uh, she was um, taking some friends home she was a college student uh, but anyway and like her friends showed up and I agreed that I would follow them back to the college and uh, like make sure she got home safely and um, so like we drove back, and this girl wanted to do everything, but like she parked in the wrong place, like thinking it was a college. Actually, it was an auto mechanic shop. And uh, like, like we finally got her um, in another vehicle, and like her friend left her vehicle behind, and uh, like her friend drove her car because she wouldn't leave the car behind, and. Like once again, we had to pull over because she uh, believed she was somewhere she wasn't. So I said, hey, you know what? I said, why don't we go out to breakfast? I said, I'll buy you breakfast. Because um, I'm hoping that if I got some food in her stomach, that I, like she would be, uh, I'm a little bit more uh, like easy to deal with and uh, uh, talk to. So we went out to breakfast, and uh, like she ate, and she felt better. And like she was easier to talk to, and then her friends, her friend, uh, talked some common sense into her, and they got home safely. I mean, that's the moral of that story. Like, but I helped somebody out, like in the middle of like like my own crisis. I knew I had to be somewhere at a certain time. Um, so pretty much what I did because I didn't get home till like 7.30 and I, uh, my visit was at 9 and I wasn't going to be able to take a nap before my visit. Like, but I helped somebody out and they got home safe. And uh, the reason I said that is because uh, a couple days later, the caseworker but said that uh, he was removing the baby from the home, he got terminated. And that was another thing that we were praying for, is this guy had to go. I mean, he, like, uh, like uh, this guy was pure evil. And he didn't care about my kids, he didn't care about my family, and, and he didn't care about the law. Like, he just wanted his, uh, 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 part of the cut off the top 
for whatever he was making for like having my kids out of the home because no matter what we did we were following the case plan we did everything like we went um, above and beyond of what they asked us to do like they wanted us um, signed up for this class and this class and we signed up for this class this class this class and this class you know but that didn't matter to him it's like he would go into the court and he would praise us for everything we're doing and then at the end of the uh, uh, hearing he'd be like no we got to keep the kids out another six months and like we got to keep the kids out another three months so that's when I realized I was never gonna see my kids again because no matter like what we were doing um, nothing was good enough. And, um, but, like, when you do something, like, no matter what you're going through, and, uh, like, once you got God on your side, and you've been praying to Him, and you've been asking Him for help, it's like, He'll, like, help you. But, like, when you do something, like you go, uh, uh, even uh, a little bit out of your way to help somebody else when you're going through uh, crap like we're going through now, like what you're all going through now, that does help. Because, like, uh, like I said, right after I did that, uh, uh, my caseworker was gone. And uh, between my daughter being born like not being able to like remove her from the home and that that proved that the home was safe and before that even happened we lost that caseworker like he lost a job and then we got this new one and like I mentioned last night that new one helped us like she did I mean I'm still nervous about her because she is a CPS caseworker and I don't I don't trust him as far as I can spit him uh, but up to this point, she's been good with us. Like she's actually helped us. And I used to say to the other people, uh, the other caseworkers in that uh, uh, corrupt, crooked agency that they had working for them, it's like I let them know that if there was one God-fearing person amongst you people, I said this wouldn't be happening, because that one person would like walk up and be like, "Hey, what are you doing? You can't do this to this family." You know this is unethical. Uh, this is unethical and it's unconstitutional. And it's well, not only that, but it's an abomination of God. Like because I'm a firm believer, I finally figured out why the Catholics and I'm not Catholic, but uh, like why they don't believe in birth control because it's the. Uh, the husband and the wife and the child, it's, it, it like mirrors the Holy Trinity. And that's the, it's, uh, and like family is a pact with God. It's a, it's, um, uh, given to us by him. It's a, uh, a constant reminder of, like why we're here and what he does for us and it's like it's just it's a, um, something you don't want to mess with and that's one of the things that I was writing on like throughout this whole thing is 
like number one, be honest. Uh, I never go down to their level in the courtroom. I walk in there with the truth and don't lie. I, because if you get caught up in a lie, I won't be like them. They're going to nail you to the wall for it. Like they let CPS get away with it all the time, but it's like honesty in the courtroom like throughout this whole thing is the only way to go. And um, you just like, try to believe in God, try to have faith. Like because they removed God from our courtroom altogether. When they swore us in in the um, courtroom uh, before we went on the witness stand, like they went like through the whole thing, asked us if you like uh, swear to tell the truth, the whole um, truth, and nothing but the truth. Like, like, uh, but they left out the so help you God. And I always noticed that, you know, and I always wanted to say at the end of that when the judge asked me that, it's like I wanted uh, to like add that in on my own, but something told me not to do it. And I listened to that. Um, but there's so much that needs to be done here. I mean, these people, and like I mentioned last night, it's like once you realize what kind of battle you're fighting, then you know how to fight it. It's like you don't go into like um, uh, Iraq into a battle in Iraq without knowing who your enemy is and how they fight and uh, what weapons you need to fight it. Uh, like you do research on your enemy and you know how to fight them and you know the weapons you need. And in something like this, I mean, all you got to do is just look at these people and know how evil they are. That's evil. I mean, they're murdering children and they're they're letting them be abused and they just sweep it under the carpet. I mean, that's evil. I mean, that's just not, that's not people. That's Satan. I mean, he's got everything to do with this. I mean, that's the world we live in today. Look around you. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear this preaching and all this stuff, like, uh, but you know what? Uh, um... People need to know, and if I can reach at least one person out there and I could save their family this way, uh, that that means a lot. That's one more child saved, or it might be three or four more children saved. And that's what I'm here for. It's like, um, I want to save everybody. Right? Uh, but until we can bring the system down we're gonna have to do it individually on our own to save your families and i'm telling you right now that's the only way i mean yeah there's some people out there that uh that they can do it uh, but how many numbers are there of the people that are able to do that i just saw one today of course i don't know um if they did it with like with uh prayer or just blind luck I mean however they did it God bless them and I hope they pass on that message to everybody else how they did it but um, we have to do something I mean there's just miracles all over the place in my case it's like the moment I heard Dr. Tony Evans 
it was a, a, a sermon called uh, Praying and uh, Waiting on God's Timing. That's the first one I ever heard. It was introduced to me actually in a jail ministry. Like why all this was going on. And I wasn't allowed out of myself for a while. I mean, because I uh, wasn't acting out, like, but they knew uh, what I went through uh, with my family and the kids being taken away. And uh, uh, the sheriff of the county jail, he just wanted to make sure that I was on the up and up and I was okay to have around the other people. Like, but that time I was like on my own in that cell by myself, that was a blessing too. And uh, because that let me find myself and that let me find God in the biggest way because um, it just ha uh, so happened that night that like he was playing that uh um, sermon by Dr. Tony Evans in the jail ministry is a night that I needed to hear it and he let me out that night and ever since then it's it's just all been downhill I mean we it's been an easy walk I mean it was hard like for me but once we got into the courtroom it was like we were knocking the county attorney around just left and right uh um, like he had his hands tied behind his back in a boxing ring. I mean, that's just how um, uh, perfect that it was. We just blew right through him like nothing, and it was all because of the uh, things I was led to do. I wouldn't have known how to beat these people. Um, uh, this whole thing hit us off guard. We had no idea what was going on. We'd never been caught up in the CPS system before. We had... It was like we didn't know people that did. We knew one person that did, and they um, uh, they ended up getting their kid back. We didn't realize that there was all this corruption in this system. And then when it happened to us, I mean, it was, they blindsided us. Uh, we always believed that uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, you know, that they were really there like for that purpose but all it is is they're hiding behind the name <coughs> excuse me and uh that's exactly what it is uh they hide behind that name because i uh here again uh, before i uh recorded this show i was on uh, social media again and yet there's another baby who was murdered and murdered at the hands of CPS again. And uh, uh, she was shaken, she was just a baby. And she was beaten. And uh, she was left alone with some teenage kids and they don't know if uh, the baby was uh, uh, put in the dryer like, because they didn't want to hear like, the baby crying. Uh, but anyway, the baby was murdered, and there was no reason for CPS to remove this, uh, um, uh, the children from the home. And that's even in the newspaper article that I read. And that newspaper article also mentioned that 
more than likely the CPS caseworker is going to walk free and might never uh, uh, be punished for what she did because she removed the kids under false pretenses again but seems to be a thing and it mentions in that article uh, how much money is being made off of these children and that there were family members who uh, wanted these children and they refused that for no reason just because they make more money putting them in foster care and then when they went to court again it was delayed and that happened in our case numerous times like when they went to bring the kids home uh, oh uh like we can't do it today we get uh has to be continued for another day and that is what cost this baby her life like so i'm gonna say once again and i'm gonna say this every show i don't care these lawmakers out there, Congress in Washington, all you senators, and it's like everywhere in the U.S., all the, the lawmakers in all the states. The blood of these children are on your hands. And you can deny that all you want, but everyone knows that you know what's going on here. You've heard the stories. And for some reason, uh, this is rarely, rarely talked about in the news. It's, I never see anything about this in the news. And I know for sure that there's uh, major news uh, channels out there that aren't allowed to report on this stuff. Well, I find it hard to believe that that moron sitting in the White House, he... Uh, uh, like the dumb things he does, that gets that gets more publicity than murdered children. Now, why is that? I want to know. I mean, please. Uh, but that's okay. Today's Monday. It's about to be Monday here, and uh, as I, uh, we're going to be making some phone calls. We're going to be sending out some emails because I want some answers. I want to know why these criminals, these CPS caseworkers, and these county judges. And um, uh, GALs and the county attorneys are allowed to murder children. And you know about it. Like, so why don't you guys get off your asses and do something? Because there's people out here that are going to make you do something. And they're going to do it at the voting booth. And I know, like, nowadays voting means nothing when... Uh, people can buy elections and not care what we say, but that's coming to an end because you're going to care what we say. And you're not going to like what we have to say because, like I said, and I'm going to rub this in your face, this blood is on your hands of these children. And every, like, whenever one gets beaten um, and abused and uh, tortured, and gets a piece of uh, uh, packing tape over their mouth and uh, 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 put into a dark room because they were crying because they're afraid of the dark. Well, why wouldn't they be afraid of the dark? Because your minions are just horrible people. Be, uh, 
These little kids are scared, they're afraid, they're terrorized. And this is all happening while you're up there on your thrones in the Congress, in the Capitol building, and uh, wherever you're at, sitting in your little office at home with a cigar hanging out of your mouth and a glass of whiskey in your hand, doing your lines of cocaine or whatever you're sitting there doing without everybody knowing about it. But you know what? This is going to end. Because there has to be something wrong with you people. You have to be on drugs. It's like you blame all us for being drunks and alcoholics and all that. Uh, 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 ripping our kids out of the home for a profit. Well, why don't we turn that around on you? You're the drug addict. Because you're the one turning a blind eye to this and letting it happen. You're just as guilty as these CPS caseworkers and these judges. And it's about time somebody makes you pay for it. Like we need to get you guys out of these uh, positions if you're not going to protect the citizens of this country. And that means these children. We're all for human trafficking. You got this big like parade going on to like help people being human trafficked when... Like you're actually allowing it to happen. Uh, uh, just because they're little kids and they're not adults. or like, What is it? We're not supposed to notice this? We're just supposed to let people sit here and just sell our kids on your market for profit? This isn't going to happen anymore. Like we're coming and it's going to end. And I will see you all on the next episode. Thank you for being here. This is the voice of our children. Good night.